Warning! The Bone Bad Joe is intended for adults only and contains bad words and other yucky stuff that may make some people very angry. So watch out! This is Bill from Outside the Cinema. If you're hearing this, then you probably like podcasts. Logical. Flawlessly logical. Well, let me tell you. If you like horror movies, exploitation films, and underground and cult films, why not check out Outside the Cinema? You gotta tell them! www.outsidethecinema.com You're a smart motherfucker. Hey, man, I try. Bone Bat Podcast, where you can listen to Steve and Gord. It's a kick-ass digital broadcast, where we've got dick jokes galore. Bone Bat. Okay. Okay. Disappointed! Everybody, welcome to the Bone Bat Show, episode twenty-three. This is Steve. This is Gord. How's it going, man? It's going good. You sound particularly jolly uh, this evening after it, listening to a song about a serial killer. It. Uh, this is my favorite song about a serial killer. Are you shitting me, really, Mister? This is your favorite serial killer song. This is indeed my favorite serial killer song because it's just so damn peppy and happy. That's oh, fucking you know awesome. It is, the, it is the happiest serial killer song. I know of. It is. So uh, what we're listening to tonight, Mr. Smiley by Grand Rapids, Michigan's own Mustard Plug. 
What, what's up with this this new shout-out voice you got? Mustard blood! You okay, man? <laughs> you want me to redo that? <laughs> no, keep going. <laughs> Are you fucking with me? I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I am. Yeah, mustard plug. Is this on? <laughs> Dude, I like mustard plug. They're great. You introduced me to mustard plug. You are the reason I know mustard plug. Well, you um, know, I, I got to admit that my my Ann Arbor years, I spent developing a great love for third wave Midwestern ska. And there's uh, a few episodes back, we uh, checked in with the Parker Kings and play a little bit of them. And now yeah. we're uh, visiting Mustard Plug from Grand Rapids, another great band who uh, never fails to put a smile on your face and a shake in your ass. My ass is shaking right now. And it's not just the ass Parkinson's either. <laughs> I was I was looking up a joke, and I, I came up with a fucked up one uh, today. It's, uh, you know, I've always wanted to shake Muhammad Ali's hand, and Parkinson's beat me to it. <laughs> that's, that's cold. That's pretty fucked up, isn't it? Yeah, that is. I love Muhammad Ali, but that's funny. Muhammad Ali's a musical genius. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> hey, so uh, you got a political rant this week? Yeah, yeah, I do. I was going to say, uh, you know, there's a, an election that's going on May 18th, and so, and talk about that, but, I mean, how many of the 48 million listeners do we have that are actually in California? And that's just a California thing. So, you know what, if you're in California, you got an election come up on the 18th, fucking vote, okay? Whoa, what was that? Really? That, that was me opening a beer. Um, oh. So, so really, that's what you got is the fucking no, 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 no. Rock the vote, that, MTV bullshit in the middle of my fucking podcast. What's wrong with I, you? I changed my mind. That sucks balls. Oh, okay. Well, get a move on. No. What's the okay. actual rant? The actual rant is, you know, there there are a lot of uh, innocent victims of this whole financial meltdown, fallout, whatnot. But there are a lot more people that are masquerading as victims that just need a heaping helping. Of shut the fuck up, and you know, you know, you know as well as I do that I, I love Oprah. Oprah and I go way back. <laughs> you know, we used to have a meth lab together in my basement. Are you telling me that Oprah is asking for a bailout now? Yeah, no. <laughs> That'd be one big bailout. <laughs> I hadn't heard anything of that. So uh, yeah, and and you know that this is parody, and Oprah didn't really have a meth lab with me, and Oprah should not sue the Bone Bat Show. <laughs> But no, seriously, this there's this. I'm getting it all from all all over the country now. People want to know about this homeless tent camp we have out in Sacramento, and the I, the, the the way it's being sold is there's like all these people that were just like normal middle class people, and boom, now they're homeless living in a tent out by the you know the outskirts of the the Blue Diamond Almond Plant in Sacramento. No. No, something like 99% of those people, and it's not millions of people or, or even thousands of people. It's like 100 people. So like 99 of those people are chronically homeless. Just, you know, these are the transients you see living around the Sacramento River. And they were homeless 10 years ago. They're homeless today. It's not like all of a sudden we've got these big grapes of wrath things going on. And, you know, the people that live near this... They are the fucking victims, not the not the people in this camp, because all of a sudden they got just crazy ass crime and and bum fights going on. It's just wrecking the area around it because of these alleged victims of the economic meltdown have all congregated together and they've got their own circus. It, it's it's bullshit. And you know, I heard this other thing. This you know, 
I do. I listen to NPR. I guess I am some fucking left wing, whatever the hell. Except when I'm being a right wing, whatever the hell. And they're they're doing this this ongoing story about one of the victims of the meltdown, and it's this guy, and he's got this family business, and it's looking like times are tough, and the landlord is gonna is gonna go to court and make him move out of the building, and then he won't have a business, and it's he's the victim of the landlord, and then it just kind of casually brushes over the fact that the guy owes the landlord like nine hundred thousand dollars in back <laughs> rent. Okay, who's the victim here? The yeah. landlord, the guy that, you know, borrowed money from the bank and is, like, paying interest all the time and renting to some deadbeat who's not paying him his rent. Fuck you, victims. Real victims. I got sympathy for you. Most of you, you are not victims. Don't buy the hype. That's my political rant this week. Don't buy the fucking hype. All right. Okay. So, so quick question, though. Are, is this actually true that the, the transient village is having all these problems? Or is that, you know, kind of drummed up bullshit? Because we had a tent city about three blocks from here that moved into the uh, Catholic Church parking lot for three months. And there was a lot of uproar in the community that everybody was worried that, you know, children were going to be abducted and crime and all this stuff. And it was quiet as a mouse. It was all well behaved and polite. You never saw police cars driving around it. There was never any problem. It was very well maintained and, and orderly. And it it's it stayed there for three months and then it moved on to a, a different church parking lot elsewhere. So is that really the case? Are they having these problems or is it that people are afraid that those problems are going to happen? No, no, the problems are there. That's like it's like the second wave news story because the first wave of the news story was, oh my God, all these poor people. But the problem perhaps is because it, it isn't a church that's in charge of setting something up. It's it's this thing that was just sort of it sprung up on essentially abandoned land or land that no one was really taking care of or being in charge of. It wasn't a church going, okay, you guys can be here for three months. Here's the rules. It's just like, Hey, here's some, here's some swampy ground. Let's throw some tents out and get high. Right. And more and more people did it. Like all up and down the rivers around Sacramento are bums are homeless people that live. Yeah. I said it. I said bums that live on the river. And they're, they're, they've started to converge in this one area. And, yeah, it is impacting the area. The cops are, are being called. And, you know, people don't like going out of their houses because it's, there's, you know, bad stuff going on. Hmm. Yeah, because like, like it, I say, what, what happened here, it, what, that wasn't the case. That was certainly the fear, but that never really materialized. So you know, there's this place in SAC that's called Loaves and Fishes, which is an organized charity that helps people out that are down in their luck. And the, it's true, the neighbors in that area, the businesses do complain, but overall, it's pretty quiet and ordered, and, you know, they do good they do good work, and they help people out. Right. But this other thing is just sort of, you know, a, a little bit of anarchy. So it's, it's, it's like, it's a, like a squatter's the house without the house kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. It's okay. a squatter's field. So what's the difference between a hobo and a bum? Hobos ride rails. Oh, okay. And somehow the hobos are more charming. Yeah, well, you know, they've got those little fake freckles and they carry their possessions at the end of a stick and a handkerchief. Got it. Okay. Yeah, I always wondered that. What the deal well, with Now that you know. <laughs> Come to me for all your answers. Thank you. I appreciate that. So, uh, so wait, that was kind of a that was kind of a, a right-leaning rant. Seems like most of my rants are kind of right-leaning. I need to do a, like a really good left-leaning rant next time. That yeah, you haven't done a leftist rant since the uh 
prop, whatever it was. Oh yeah, that's right. I did the the pro gay marriage prop a yeah anti Bush. Okay, no, I'm, I'm yeah. So you're I'm pretty level. Yeah, you're you uh, lamb, I hate you lamb, lamb based everyone equally. I think it's fair. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you got anything that pisses you off this week, dude? What doesn't piss me off? I saw I saw monsters and aliens. Hey, I saw that movie. Yeah, and you know what? That movie itself didn't piss me off. I I thought it was kind of no, fun. It was, like, it was, it, I'll, I'll say it was not Pixar quality. No. But it wasn't bad. The The animation was uh, certainly eye candy. Uh, we saw it in IMAX. But, uh, oh, we saw it in Tampax. <laughs> wow. So what's that? You stuff cotton in your eyeballs or what's That's the deal? Right. <laughs> <laughs> when, when I left the theater, my pants were ruined. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> never wear white to that theater dude i know why do i wear white when i see those movies <laughs> i don't know uh it's okay cold water takes that out <laughs> no, but you know what pisses me off is when you go go to a movie and because we saw it in 3d maybe it's a you know high tech high tune different audio system movie theater but so goddamn loud I, I, you know, and I'm not just being an old man. I'm like looking around the theater when they're playing the previews, and I see people, like I see children, and I see grown-ups like covering their ears, too fucking loud. Turn down the goddamn volume. When your movie theater experience actually makes you physically uncomfortable, <laughs> you know, turn it. It down. actually you know, makes you your ears bleed and you start vomiting. Yeah, this isn't Motorhead. <laughs> No, I saw Rock and Rolla at that same theater a while ago. I don't know what a couple months back, and that's a you know a shoot 'em up movie with a, a loud rock and roll type soundtrack, and it's supposed to be big and loud and fun. Too fucking loud, like so loud it makes parts of the movie not fun anymore. And I'm like, I'm paying for this. <laughs> Jesus, people are gonna start walking in with their own like earphone, like head protection shit to keep their heads from imploding when they play these and the previews for whatever reason the previews are always louder than the movie or maybe it's because you well because that's what they want to get your attention if you're watching tv you ever notice that like the commercials get much fucking louder and shrill (laughs) and it's like you know you you, it's kind of to the point where sometimes you want to turn the commercials down and then turn it back up when the show starts again I mean that—that's kind of just a normal marketing thing, I think, to try to get your attention. Hey, selling <laughs> something. Pay attention. Yeah, it gets my attention, all right. right. You know what, Geico? I'm never, ever, 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 ever fucking buying your shit because your commercials are too loud. Okay, you got my attention, <laughs> Geico. Fuck you. Too loud. Not buying your shit. But uh, but so was it the same problem you've seen other movies there? Uh, it, this is a theater that's a little bit out of the way for me, mm-hmm. so I've only seen two movies there, and both were were too damn loud. Interesting, because yeah, uh, I I did not have that problem when I went when we saw this movie. Although did you see it in 3D, I saw it in 3D, but it, frankly, I saw it in IMAX 3D. But the entire effect was pretty much nullified by the fact that we got there ten minutes before the movie started, so oh. we were in the second fucking row. So, <laughs> seeing 3D movies when you're sitting that close are almost useless because unless you're looking exactly straight on at the thing you want to be looking at, <laughs> it still looks like you know it's there's two it's split into two pieces unless you're staring right at it. 
And then if you want to look, oh, look, there's a helicopter over there, you basically have to have your head on a swivel and you look have to move your whole head, yeah. 15 feet in the other direction to see the thing that you're looking at. So it was pretty much a pain in the ass. The movie was cool, but but that was, you know, it was one of those deals where the, the theater was far away and we decided I made the call because IMAX was only like a buck more than the regular real 3D. So I just said, fuck it, and paid the money, and we fandango did, and then we went down there, and we ended up getting there so late that our seats were shitty. So what are you going to do? Yeah, you know, disappointing. I had a similar experience because I had to go way out of my way. My kids wanted to see it in 3D. What the hell? So I go out there, and I got there early. We got there a little like five minutes later than I wanted to, but still in enough time that there were some good seats left. And I, there were some good seats, like, kind of towards the front, and there were some good seats a little bit further back. And I'm like, oh, right there, those are the seats we want. So we, we snagged some great seats. And we sat through all the, like, pre-previews where they, you know, sh- show you Pepsi commercials and try to sell you stuff. And then we watched all the previews. <laughs> like the National and- Guard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, Joy, don't have a job? Well, how about you go overseas and get shot at? And then the movie's about to start, right? And this dude wheels up to me like, hey, man, I want that seat. I look over. He's in a wheelchair, and I'm in the, the you know, we reserve these seats for our handicapped uh, patrons. Yeah. God damn it. So I'm like, okay, yeah, man, no problem. And, you know, what's left at that point? You know what's left? Second row, far left. <laughs> at least we were in the second row in the center. That was the only thing. You yeah, know. disappointing. Yeah, exactly. So I had the same experience as you, and I found if you like, kind of, when you're that close, you kind of have to prop the glasses up too, like kind of sit them on your eyebrows and look up through them to make the the movie look right. Yeah, yeah. I, I was kind of doing that too. You get it, try to get it the right angle, and then be able to look around in any direction and stare exactly right at it, because you you can't see the whole screen at once. So. Yeah. But uh, it, it was still a fun movie. What are you going to do? Yeah, it was yeah, a fun movie. Yeah, that was disappointing. So, and that brings up, I don't think I mentioned, the theme of our show tonight uh, is disappointments. We're going to th- talk about things that have disappointed us in the past, things that have d- disappointed us more recently. Uh, this was actually an episode that was supposed to have happened like back in December. And uh, right about the time we had decided to do it, our buddy Vaughn from Motion Picture Massacre announced that he was doing his disappointment episode. So you know what? I just said, fuck it. You know what? We're going to put ours on hold out of respect to Vaughn. I'm not going to dog him out. So we're bringing it back now. So uh, Vaughn, I, I think uh, he'll appreciate that, that we didn't step on his... disappointed. Yeah, we didn't step on his dick. And, uh, and, and that, that's how we do things in podcast land. It's not like Hollywood where there's a, a mall cop movie. And, oh, what do you know? There's another mall cop movie right on top of it. Or, <laughs> you know, let's do a movie about the doors. Oh, there's another movie about the doors right on top of it. What, what the hell is up with that? Yeah. We don't do that in podcast. Yeah, so, yeah, we don't. So, well, you know, we backed off a little and we'll do it now. So that's, uh, you know, if though I listen to this episode, I was disappointed in it. <laughs> you listen to his episode? No, I kid. I don't even listen to our episodes. Yeah, I know no, you don't. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> anyway so uh, what pisses me this off, off this week? So uh, uh, day after tomorrow, we're going to scoot over to Montana and visit my folks. And so I went. I take uh, Julie's car down to get an uh, oil change. 
And now this, I, I go to a Pennzoil oil place. I quit going to like Jiffy Lube years ago because I hate how they fucking do things. I hate when you pull up and, uh, you know, you register with them and they're like, okay, well, it's 63,000 miles. So um, it's definitely time to have your timing belt replaced. Well, fuck you. Before you even <laughs> look at the car, they're going to tell me how what, what needs to be replaced. No, I, I come here. If I want that done, I'm going to go to an actual reputable fucking mechanic. I'm not going to come to your lame ass. So rechange the fluids and let me move on with my day. So I, I go to the Pennzoil place because they don't usually do the hard sell bullshit. And so I'm sitting in the lobby. Uh, I pull up and they're like, oh, uh, does this take 5W30? Uh, yeah, it does. Oh, we're out of 5W30. Really? Well, it's it's high mileage. Wait, so yes. Pennzoil is out of 5W30? Yeah, I know. Times okay. are tough. It, it's tough everywhere. So I say, okay, but it is high mileage so I can take a step up to the next higher grade. Go ahead and do that. All right, fine. So I go in, I'm sitting there playing with the DS, and a guy comes out, and this is another thing I fucking hate. So he comes in, and he's got my air filter, right? And so he sets the air filter on the counter, and he goes, "Uh, this is your air filter, and as you can see, it's filthy. (laughs) (laughs) And to my my eye, yes, it certainly looks dirty, but you know what? I don't know that I could tell the difference between one that looks totally filthy and one that looks mildly worn. So I, I, I said, okay, I'll play your little game. Because I have a, an idea in my head that an air filter costs more or less around 15 bucks. So I told the guy, okay, uh, I'll play. What's what, what do you charge for air filter? Wait, and this vehicle has got a carburetor, right? It's not a fuel-injected vehicle, so it it takes roughly like 10 seconds to change your own air filter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it takes no time at all. So so he goes, okay, hold on. He looks it up. He walks out of the warehouse. takes like five minutes. He comes back. He goes, okay, that'll be $22. And I kind of like, you know, snort derisively. And I said, (laughs) no, that's all right. I'll go to Napa. And the guy says, well, I can give it to you for 18 though. (laughs) And I said, no, that's all right. I, I, I can handle it. The guy says, he goes, he goes, what, 18's too much for you? Oh, Christ. Right there. That, that, that's it. Oh, you fucked up. You lost me. I said, you know what? No, I, I got it. Go ahead and just tap it off because it has some, like, leaves on it. I'm like, go ahead and just tap it off and, uh, and put it back in there, and I'll replace it myself. The guy goes, well, we can't do that because if you tap it, it's bad for the integrity of the filter. Oh, Christ, you took it out, jackass. <laughs> exactly. And so I said, you know what? You do whatever you need to do. And the guy turns around and he walks out. And so I go, so I, I get done, I pay him, we, I leave, I go straight to Shucks, and the air filter costs 11 bucks. Yeah. It was, so it was even less than I thought. Snap, snap, I popped in the new one. So, fuck you. So now another place does not have my business. Suck my dick. Unbelievable. <laughs> just unbelievable, dude. Your tires are full of very old air. <laughs> well, it's just it, it, the, the crisis mode they try to put you in. And you know what? They're probably put up to it. It's probably not even their fault. If they don't sell, like, X number of air filters a month, they could probably lose their job. I don't know. But I just hate that hard sell shit. Yeah, and you know what's even worse, and I, I hate, well, you know what, I'm going over to the left now. You know what? what's worse is what they do to women in that situation. Oh, absolutely. Like, if you, yeah. your wife, or if, you know, you're a woman in there without your, you know, man to talk some sense, 
they absolutely fuck with women when it comes to automobiles. Just like, oh, well, this air filter, you know, it could kill your entire family. <laughs> so you don't know what you're talking about, little lady. Don't care about your family, huh? Oh, <laughs> so you don't love your family. <laughs> yeah, seriously. That's bullshit. Can't stand that sort of stuff, so. That's what pisses yeah. me off this week. And so that's why I go to University Imports in Davis, California, because the owner, Karin, is actually a good human being who treats everybody like they have intelligence and respects them and doesn't treat my wife like she's some fucking retarded clam living out in the <laughs> sand somewhere who's never seen a motor vehicle. <laughs> Miss Clam, this is your air filter. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, University Imports. <laughs> you don't want to be treated like a total jackass. Yeah. And you know what? That guy, he fucking turns business away. He's so busy. Because yeah. he treats people like they're people. They're not, oh, God. Yeah, I hate I hate all those, all <laughs> those places. Sure. With the exception of Big O Tires, they've always been kind of, kind of good to me. Yeah, I've had, I've had them do a little, a little work for us, and it's not too bad. But, you know, for tires, I'm not going to take my the, my oil change and have that done there. If I need my brakes done, I'm going to go to, you know, a, mecha- a yeah. real mechanic. It's uh, That's just how I roll. Yeah, I, I totally agree. <laughs> no pun intended. Hey, roll, I get it. That was a car joke. It was. It, the other thing, the thing, though, women have it bad when they go roll up to an automotive type place. But guys like me also have it bad because, because I have a penis, apparently. Some guys just automatically assume I know everything about cars. And then you're stuck in there like, yeah, I need to get my car worked on. And like, oh, what you got there? Oh, that's the 440. Yeah, I had a 680 like that that I had stroked and I put a dual overhead cam <laughs> with a, you know, super turbo. <laughs> what? what? Well, don't, you don't think that that's a nice thing, though, that somebody would actually give you the benefit of the doubt that you actually have a pair of testicles? <laughs> you know what? I, I encounter it so rarely. I just don't know what to do with that kind of attention. <laughs> No, because they always try to fake it. Like, oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Instead of going, no, dude, I have no idea what you're talking about. I get in. I turn the key. The car starts. I go places. It stops working very well. I come to a guy like you. Make it go right again. Well, you see, that's, that's maybe where Calvin had the right idea. That if you had a clone of yourself that you could send to do shit, like go to the DMV and go to the mechanic <laughs> and go get your oil changed. So you could just, like, dick around and play video games while your clone oh, yeah, is doing Oh, yeah, but if my clone is a clone of me, it doesn't want to go to the DMV. And seriously, would you trust your clone? Would I trust my clone? Yeah, would you trust No, your- because my clone would always be trying to nail my wife. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and you know what? If, you already know if your my wife clone is into puts, guys like that. So. Right, exactly. And if my clone puts nearly the time into it that I do, she'd never get a thing done. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> my clone would probably end up like because I'm I'm insufferably honest in the wrong situations. My clone would probably admit that he's not actually me; that he's my clone. But then he tried to talk my wife into some kind of a threesome with me. Right. And it, how weird is that? Would that be gay if you had a threesome like with your wife <laughs> and your own clone? Uh, why are you worried about things like that now? <laughs> uh, <I> mean, <laughs> It's not gay if you touch yourself, but if you touch your clones, does that kind of cross the line? I don't think I'd, I'd, Is that I like don't a know. Double Dutch runner? <laughs> it's sex with somebody you love, right? 
Well, yeah, except it's also somebody I know who's a total jackass. <laughs> See, now, why, why would you assume that your, your clone would be any more of a jackass than you are? I know me, and he's a clone <laughs> of me, right? What, he had some different upbringing? <laughs> See, wouldn't it be nice, though, to, to have him, you know, I don't really feel like actually coloring in my next cartoon, so I'm going to go play Left for Dead. Yeah, I can't because my clone's already down there playing Left for Dead. So <laughs> my cartoon. We'd love to have you join us, but we've got Brother D, Miss Bran, and Gord too. I I don't have any room in the Left for Dead. You know, there's no slots left, man. I would totally trust my clone, like to do a business deal or with my house or you know with my car, provided he took it to a reputable mechanic. You know that kind of thing, but. Yeah, my, my clone wouldn't take any shit. He wouldn't be bossed around by me because I know me. He'd be just like that. <laughs> well, He'd maybe he could come me around. He'd be like, hey, you go do my shit. Maybe he could come to some sort of an understanding. What, like we're each other's slaves every other week or something? I wouldn't, not each other's slaves per se, but okay, you handle this and I'll handle this. Okay, my so clone you would do be a good you do the man. business, but you get to go to all business trips to Mexico with <laughs> whores. Well, I bone my wife and I handle the this and this and this. You know what? You're getting right back down to the though. My clone, because I know how I feel about my wife. My clone would always <laughs> be trying to bone my wife, and he he would be a a sneaky, underhanded guy. He would do whatever it takes. He'd pretend he's me. No, couldn't trust my. <laughs> I guess you can't trust your clone then. So it's best not to be cloned. Okay, that's it. You know, we were going to do the next episode was going to be the all clone episode where we <laughs> ourselves. Fuck, thanks, dude. Now I got to come up with something else now. I need a whole new idea. Horseshit. God. Maybe I'll extract <laughs> some stem cells or something on here. There you go. All right, dude. Well, uh, let's take a little break. We're going to play a brand new tune from Mustard Plug. This is a, a cover of the song Waiting Room by Fugazi, which is. Yeah. Uh, pretty awesome original and uh so we're gonna play a cover of this and we're gonna come back with a little bit of band history and talk about some uh great music so stick around with us
right, and we're back. Mustard Plug, awesome fucking band. Yeah, nice horns. The horn section, the, the brassy, the big brassy horns, I just love that. It's great it stuff. So, hey, a little bit about the band. Uh, the seeds of the band were uh, sowed, such, so to speak, in uh, June of 91, when guitarist Colin Clive and full-throated singer Dave Kirschgesner ran into each other at a special beat show in Ann Arbor and discussed starting Grand Rapids' first ska band. They had their first shows in November of 91, uh, worked for about eight months, uh, just kind of honing their gig, and then they entered the studio and recorded their first uh, cassette demo for the princely sum of $600. They recorded Ooh. ten to- recorded and mixed ten tunes, which appeared a couple of months later on their first le- release, Scopocalypse Now. Uh, you know, getting right in there on the uh, theme of ska double entendres, which is a... Uh, Long it's all and, about the ska puns. Yeah, exactly. A long and honorable t- tradition. I uh, once entered a radio contest where we were supposed to name a fictional ska band, and I came up with Muscular Dystrophy. <laughs> that sounds like something that could that could already be a band. Because there, there is the Scholars. Yeah. Yeah, they actually openly mocked me on the radio, though. Aw. They didn't I'm like sorry. it. My feelings made me disappointed. <laughs> So in June of 92, Mustard Plug commenced their Midwestern Blitzkrieg. They started playing relentlessly at every bar, Legion Hall, college party, and punk rock dive that would have them. Uh, Towards the end of 93, they released their first full-length Big Daddy Multitude, which is a fantastic CD on the venerable Moon Records. Uh, Great ska label, uh, home to bands like The Toasters. Uh, just uh, a great place to be, and what a great album. A lot of my favorite songs from the band are on that. Uh, Skanking by Numbers, This Is Your Brain on Ska, uh, Ska Mama's favorite, Thigh High Nylons, which we'll play in a little bit, and uh, Insomnia and Mr. Smiley, the song that we opened the show with. That was the first uh, CD of it that I heard, thanks to you, by the way. No, oh, thank you, yeah. Yeah, I remember, I, I saw them live, and I, I was asking them, oh, are you going to get out to the West Coast, uh, to Sacramento anytime soon? And at the time, they said no. They probably have been through a time or two, but because uh, they're constantly touring. But uh, I don't know. Have, have Have you ever seen them kind of scooting through your area? <laughs> scooting through? You make them sound like a bad burrito. <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude! I'm not no, saying uh... anything that that you fucking <laughs> just like the way you would say it tonight, am I? <laughs> no. I'm sorry. Would you like just might like to micromanage my mouth for me? <laughs> you got a pretty mouth. <laughs> Fucking asshole. (laughs) (laughs) So the band keeps touring. They convince their longtime idols, Bill Stevenson and Stephen Eckerton of. Oh, come on, dude. Really? Bill Stevenson's Stephen Eckerton. I don't know the names. The fucking descendants. What's wrong with you? Yeah, I like those guys. Douchebag. The, of the Descendants and All Fame to uh, produce their next album. They spent 10 days in Fort Collins, Colorado uh, playing some tunes and uh, delivered 12 songs, which would uh, become the, the Evil Doers Beware album. Uh, they released that on Hopeless Records. That was their first release with them, and they've been on that label ever since. Uh, in uh, April of... Let's see, that was in 97. In April of 98, they joined Less Than Jake, The Toasters, The Blue Meanies, MU330, Five Iron Frenzy, Kimuri, and Mike Park for the Ska Against Racism Tour, which I saw in Detroit. Fantastic fucking Ska show. 
Man, that was I saw was that good. show, like, right after I'd seen the Blue Meanies, and I told you, you got to see the Blue Meanies, because these guys put on an amazing show. And you kind of poo-pooed it at first, and then you saw the Blue Meanies. Yeah. Like, wow, the, these guys are pretty good. They were amazing. They're an amazing live band. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, they tore it up. I, I think I only have one of their CDs, actually. Did you ever pick up, like, the rest of their stuff? Oh, dude, you've got to get their live CD. In fact, I have two because I lost one. It was one of those, the CD is so good, I love it so much, that after I lost it, I bought another one. And then, like, two years later, I found it. I'll send it to you. That's their pretty cool. Is, is because, rock. yeah, it's, you know, I, I for some reason, I'm, I'm not really a big fan of live releases for the most part. But occasionally, a few will come along, like uh, Who's Got the Ten and a Half by Black Flag yeah. is a great live album. Um, James Brown has two live albums that are fucking insane. Yeah, it's it's kind of hit or miss with live albums for me. For it's the most part, I don't miss, like them. Don't but like yeah, them. but usually, you know, when you come across one that's this fantastic, uh, you know, that's cool. So I'll have to check that out. What's it called? Uh, a Sonic Displacement of Sound and Fury or something. Now, hold on. That's, uh, I got it right here. Right next to my Blue Meanies Pigs. Blue Meanies The Post Wave, which really isn't all that good. Um, oh, and then I lost it. I'm encoding. I have the one that's, I have the one that's like blue and silver. Maybe has Astronaut in the title or something. Yeah, I've got that one too. Huh, well, I can't find it. I'm taking every single CD I own and like putting it onto a one terabyte hard drive so I don't have CDs out anymore <laughs> because my wife doesn't like to look at them. I can't remember the name of the CD or where it is, but I'll, I'll get it to you. Okay. Well, and uh, let's see here. Next, uh, in 99, they reconvened in uh, Colorado with the Descendants folks uh, to start recording uh, their fourth full length, Pray for Mojo, also for Hopeless Records. Uh, went on tour again. Uh, it's pretty cool. On their on the band website, they've got a great biography. And they pretty much describe every tour that they've ever been on as an artistic triumph and a financial disaster. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, they just continued to tour. Uh, in 2002, they released... Uh, they went, oh, 2002, they went on the Warped Tour. Uh, and evidently, uh, when they were playing in Detroit... A near riot ensued when the sound guy shut off their sound after about three songs. Afterwards, the Warp Tour official stated that uh, Mustard Plug will never play again as long as I work for this tour. What so, the hell happened? They're, dude, they're from they're from Michigan. People take Mustard Plug fucking seriously. I'd riot if they shut off that shit after three songs. No, but I mean, why do they shut off the sound in the first place? Good, I don't know. Some probably technical difficulties. Jackass. I'll have to look into that. Anyway, shortly thereafter, they released the fifth album, uh, Yellow Number no. Five, another great album. All their all their CDs are well worth your time. Uh, I will say, Big Daddy Multitude's probably my favorite. Uh, probably right after would be Yellow Number no. Five. So, uh, really good stuff and well worth checking out. Uh, in uh, 2004, <clears throat> Dave Kirchgesner organized the Ska Is Dead tour to pro- prove to disbelievers that Ska was indeed not dead. Uh, their first tour had uh, Mustard Plug, Catch-22, Planet Smashers, and Big D and the Kids Table, another great band, uh, which uh, did really well. And that has been a continuing tour, which uh, actually uh, still runs today. In uh, 2005, they released a Greatest Hits CD called Masterpieces. Uh, they went back into the studio in 2006 uh, to uh, record uh, In Black and White, which would come out in 2007. And uh, also in 2007, they actually did return to the Warp Tour for three shows, played in Detroit again, and no one got hurt. 
So, uh, what's going on now? They've got a new DVD that has just been released called The, Sto- the Story of Muster Plug, Never Get Out of the Van, which is uh, available on interpunkcot.com. You can also get it on the uh, musterplug.com merch page, uh, which is supposed to be open as of April 2nd. So, uh, check for it there. It was also picked up by a distributor, so on May 19th, you'll be able to pick it up at stores near you. Uh, also, Mustard Plug is doing the second leg of the Sky is Dead 4 tour this fall. So they're going to be hitting the East Coast. I guess uh, they during the early part of the year, in January and February, they hit the West Coast. Unfortunately, not Seattle. Disappointing! Disappointing! And uh, they're doing uh, the East Coast in Canada in the fall. So uh, look for Mustard Plug touring uh, to a town near you. Uh, I've actually seen the band twice, uh, as I've mentioned. Uh, I did see the Sky Against Racism tour, which was fucking awesome. And I also saw them once in a small club in Ann Arbor called The Blind Pig, which uh, they used to play at regularly. And uh, gr- just a great high-energy show. Uh, the one thing, <laughs> talking about disappointments at that show, was... Uh, are you familiar with the band called Thumper? Yeah, uh, vaguely. Thumper was kind of a this band that crossed kind of heavy metal and ska. Yeah, they are kind of a... a yeah, uh, hard. They're not like hard like the Blue Meanies, punk ska, whatever they are. No, they're, but they they're were like, like metal ska. ska, and they even did like a cover, I think, of Crazy Train and shit like that. Like they would, they would just kind of do really off the wall shit. And they were supposed to open for Mustard Plug at this show, and their van broke down. And uh, shortly thereafter, the band broke up, and I never got to see Thumper, so that was disappointing. But the show was amazing. Mustard Plug just tore the shit out of that building. One of the cool things that they would do, like, I think they opened with uh, a ska version of Thieves and Liars by Ministry. Oh, yeah. And then when they were playing uh, Thigh High Nylons in the middle of the song, they broke into, like, a section of Bust a Move by Young MC. So one of the cool things about them is they always have like like a, a great sense of you know kind of playfulness and and working other tunes and covers into what they're doing. Uh, a couple of covers that they did uh, in addition to uh, the uh, waiting room, which you just heard, they also did a pretty cool uh, cover of uh, the Freshman by the Verve Pipe uh, that came out around the same time as uh, Evil Doers Beware, I think. So uh, they they've always had a, a real good uh, eye for covers and uh, just another cool thing about the band. Uh, <clears throat> I want to thank them. Uh, thanks again to Mustard Plug for uh, letting us play your music on the show. I've been corresponding with Jim Holfer, who's the uh, trombonist for Mustard Plug, and uh, he actually used to be uh, with The Exceptions, another great Midwest ska band. So uh, thanks a lot to Jim and Mustard Plug for uh, letting us play your tunes. Thanks, guys. And uh, now, uh, to go out on that note, uh, here's a song for the ska mama, Thigh High Nylons. Get the floppy hippie skirt and lose the floppy dice. 
Hey, this is Jay, Stewie D, KC, Questionable Mike, and Trouble from the Obscure 80s Show. And you're listening to Stephen Gore of the Bone Bat Show, where everything pisses them off. Especially me. Welcome back, everybody. So uh, now it's time to talk a little bit about... Uh, our show theme: disappointments. Disappointments, dude. Disapp- I had the biggest, I had the biggest like kick in the balls disappointment the other day. I had to go to Las Vegas, which is actually disappointing for me because I'm not a Vegas kind of guy. But I, I, I picked out. It's an easy flight. Picked out a flight. It's gonna go. Come back the next. I had a 7 a.m. meeting in Vegas. I was gonna go that evening in time to have dinner in Vegas. Go to bed. Wake up in time for this meeting. Do the thing. Fly back. It was going to be fine. Get to the airport. Flights are delayed by like four hours. The flights are a nightmare. And I was able to finagle a seat on a flight that was supposed to leave much earlier in the day, but was only just now like starting to go. So I went through this this big old like, oh no, I'm going to be in the airport all day to hooray, I'm actually going to get there on time. I can have dinner in Vegas, which is one of the things I do enjoy about Vegas because you get great food. And then, uh, so, so they're like, okay, I can get on this plane. Great. Uh, it's going to be leaving in an hour. Okay. I look up at the thing an hour, like look at the time. All right. It's leaving at 6:55. Great. I'll see you. It's, I'm going to go eat now because, eh, I'm not, maybe I'm, I'm a little peckish. I'll just eat a little something before I get. So I go to the restaurant there in the lovely Sacramento intergalactic airport, come back. 
not not 30 minutes has passed, right? Planes leaving an hour. Not 30 minutes have passed. I get there, the the stewardess, the plane servant, is pissed. I mean, she's actually angry at me, going, "Where were you? We called you, we paged you, and now you're too late." I'm like, I'm half an hour early. What? She goes, "No, you see that plane out there? Yeah, that's your plane." <laughs> well, but you, why? Like, well, you know. I said, but you didn't, you said it's an hour from now. She's like, well, we changed things and we made an announcement. <laughs> really? So I had to sit there and like look at my plane that I couldn't be on and then wait till, God, I don't know, 10 o'clock at night or something before I could finally actually get on a different plane to go to Vegas. All because they changed things and I couldn't hear the announcement in the restaurant. So disappointing, like sitting in that airport forever, just thinking, man, I could be in Las Vegas right now. Yeah, that that anybody who's ever, you know, done uh, even travel, but especially business travel has at least a few stories of like, you know, I got stuck in Newark Airport until two in the morning one night until I could finally get on a plane to get me out of there. I got home like at three thirty or four in the morning. It was just ugly fucking night and there's nothing to be done about it. You know, no, you have, you have this no was control. Like taking it to the next level. We're like, you're in that ugly situation, and then you get your golden ticket out. And then you find out that your golden ticket actually became invalid half an hour ago when nobody told you. It's like the double whammy. Fuck. Oh. Yeah. Disappointing. Life is just nothing but disappointments. There's a, l- a lot God. of disappointments, dude. Oh, man. Dude, I. I mean, even, even getting my. my whole home stereo TV situation was just a big string of disappointments for a while. I get the cabinet for the TV and it's actually part one cabinet and part of another cabinet that they ship me. (laughs) I get the TV, my new big giant happy TV that's like the wet dream of my electronics world and it it needs repair. Like right out of the box it needs repair. Yeah, I hate shit like that. Or or like for instance... uh, uh, Julie's birthday was actually just yesterday. Happy birthday, babe. Happy birthday, Julie. Uh, and uh, I went and I got her a Microsoft Zune. I got her a new music player. And so I, I took the time to, you know, uh, the weekend before I was uh, getting all of her CDs together. and. Hey, wait them. a minute. Are we getting sponsored by Microsoft yet? Because we hey. talked up the Xbox. We're talking up the Zune. No shit. Motherfuckers on, need to be sponsoring. Jesus. Yeah, we need to do that. Right, anyway, Sorry. so yeah, I take care of that. I get everything squared away. Um, I got her a little docking station because she she hated the black ugly boom box we've had forever that was in the kitchen. So we got rid of that. We have a cute little docking station now that has speakers that can play. And I, I get everything you know opened up and ready to go on Monday morning before I go to work. I'm making her breakfast before I leave for her birthday, and I don't have the fucking cord. The stupid oh. little, you know, one-eighth inch by eighth inch cord to plug into yeah. the two together. So it's, it's kind of, okay, well, here you go, honey. I've got this, but I don't have a $10 cord. i got to go buy it fries. So I'll go fuck <laughs> myself now. Yeah, I mean, it just kind of sucks. There's always little disappointments like that. Or when you get something home and you realize that you have to drive back. I mean, I, I've bitched about this before. I don't think I can do a, any sort of home improvement thing without going to Home Depot at least three times. I can never get everything I need in one trip. That's total yeah, fucking disappointment. It's uh, totally disappointing. Dude, I, I, for, a, for the longest time, I've been, you sort of, you see the catalogs or looked at their site, 
but I've never actually gone to Ikea. And I needed, a, back to the home stereo thing, I, I needed a CD rack of, of some sort. I got to do something with my CDs and put them in the garage or something. And I went to Ikea thinking I was going to look at furniture for, you know, holding, you know, possibly holding a TV, definitely holding CDs. Wow. Was that a disappointment? <laughs> Have you ever, like, been in an Ikea and seen what their furniture is, like, made out of and stuff? Yeah, well, we have quite a bit of Ikea shit, so... Oh, well, I'm sure yours is much better. <laughs> <laughs> the stuff down here is probably different. I mean, you you know how many books we have. All of our bookcases are from Ikea. Well, bookcases are are one thing because they don't have doors. They're, nothing on the moves, I guess. So that's, that's cool. It's essentially, you know, planes to rectangular prisms that don't have to do anything except just stay in one spot but right. I was looking at all these CD racks and they are all like just sawdust and and yak spit with paper <laughs> that's been colored on over the top so oh and like, those are the ones that aren't made out of like plastic or wire yeah they're they're CD because they they have a lot of like the kind of high high art deco kind of shit yeah it looks really cool in a picture or even yes yeah, doesn't even really look all that cool frankly some of it <laughs> and they've got some the most fucked up stuffed animals you've ever seen it'll be like a three-legged frog with like a horn growing out of its head <laughs> and you're really they play with that in sweden what the fuck is that yeah we didn't have that down here <laughs> yeah go go in the kids section sometime it's an eye-opener dude wow I will say, though, I do like there, you can buy this, like, lingonberry syrup and mix that with, like, Sprite and make, like, <laughs> red punch kind of shit. That's really good. I don't My know. God. I like it. <laughs> Boy, throw some Everclear in there and you've got instant uh, hangover. No shit. Yeah, that's uh, that'll do it for you. Or date rape. Yeah. <laughs> but there's, there's lots of, uh, you could go on and on about food disappointments. Here's one for you. Uh... You know, I, I hate to say it because it sounds like the kind of thing I love, but I tried Baconase last week. Baconase? Baconase. It's mayonnaise with bacon in it. Now, I know you're not a <laughs> mayonnaise guy, but for me, I, I like mayonnaise on a hamburger. And so Baconase, that seems like shit. You're halfway there, right there. <laughs> but honestly, it's if you're going to have a hamburger, I will say that it's not better than the sum of its parts. I'd rather have Best Foods mayonnaise and a slice or two of bacon on a hamburger than that Baconase. Baconase uh, just wasn't all that great. It was too mildly flavored for me. Wow. I'm actually making kind of gagging motions right now thinking about Baconase. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I, I got to say I was a little bit disappointed with that. You know, the total opposite end of the spectrum, I I recently had a severe disappointment with a, a tangerine, which is one of the most, you know, if you were going to write down a list of things that actually prove the existence of God, then I think tangerines would be on the list because they're so good. I've got a tangerine tree in my backyard, and I've been, like, every day, go out, you pluck a tangerine off, you eat it. It's, it's, it's so good, right off the tree freshest fruit you can imagine so the other day do it i'm walking around like kind of looking at stuff in the backyard while i'm peeling this tangerine not look what i'm doing start sectioning it and, and tossing the pieces in my mouth and i get like three quarters of the way through it throw a, a tangerine chunk in my mouth and it's it's just wrong it's just absolutely like fruit punch gone bad and i what the and i look down and in my hand 
is this tangerine that is rotten. It's like a blue-green gelatinous mass in my hand. And I'm oh, dude. This, like, the spoiled piece of food. You just gave me, like, pea shivers. <laughs> I actually, I actually, like, went and went up into the bathroom to like grab some mouthwash and just like swoosh it around in my mouth. So you actually took a bite out of this blue hairy thing? Yeah, I, I ate like half of it and oh, then I, shit. I threw a blue hairy piece in my mouth. Oh, like, that's so nasty, dude. Isn't that horrible? I, I actually like threw up because I was so grossed out. <laughs> did, I, I'm you like, threw up wow, your that dick? Was really, I was really... <laughs> <laughs> I threw up my own dick. Well... It wasn't my own game. <laughs> oh, I guess I'm the gay one this episode. Oh, shit. Yeah, nothing is worse than... Pe- uh, than, uh, than oh, sorry, I stepped on your line. Nothing is worse than food disappointments, I No swear. shit. Well, I mean, how often do you go to, like, a restaurant... And you know you and you you'll order something and your wife or, or will order something and the food shows up and you're like fuck I gambled wrong. That's right. I should have got that. Because my wife's dinner looks delicious and this looks like chopped dog shit. Yeah. Well, that's why you should not order the chopped dog shit on the menu, even though it is a novelty item. <laughs> well, it was dog shit a la shop. I didn't really know what I was ordering. Is this French? I thought it was haute cuisine. What that the? one's butt cuisine. <laughs> Dog butt. So here's here's a here's a, a, a nice food disappointment for you. So I've, I I kind of got my my homemade pizza skills down pat. I, I kind of know what I'm doing now. So you know, uh, Julie will start. I'll call her early in the day and say, "Hey, let's have pizza tonight." And so she'll make a dough like at two in the afternoon. So it sits to uh, rise like for right? four hours. What's that? You can get your wife to do that. Yeah. So she'll, she'll, you know, mix it up in the KitchenAid and then let it sit with some olive oil on it. So when I get home from work, I've got like a nice big ball of dough. And it's all it's all nice. And so I roll it out and I get ready. I, I get out the pizza sauce. I spread it on there nice. I'll, I'll brush with olive oil the, the, the dough, the rolled out dough. Put uh, I'll put put uh, the pizza sauce on it. I like to to shave uh, garlic very thin and sprinkle that on. I like to uh, just slice it thin with a razor blade, just like you do in prison. Oh, like God, uh, good fellas. Uh, like a little bit of red pepper flake, and I'll sprinkle that on. And then I get like a fresh buffalo mozzarella, little round balls of it, and I'll I'll squish those and I'll spread them all over. And then you know what, whatever else we have. Now I've mentioned before I like pepperoni, and so my the technique I've developed is taking the 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 uh, pepperoni circles, the rounds, and slicing them lengthwise into matchsticks because it gives more surface area to crisp. And so all you right. so you take the so you take the matchsticks and spread the matchsticks all over. Chop up a little bit of like mushrooms, a little bit of black olive. Great pizza, right? And so while I was doing this, I, I usually try to keep my workstation all clean. And I had like this, this plastic flat thing that I was using to scrape the dough off of the cutting board. And so I get, I get the pizza all done and I put it in the oven and it's just beautiful looking pizza. It's going to be fucking delicious. I cook it. I open up the oven. It's beautiful golden brown. I get out the pizza peel. I rape it under to, to lift it up and the pizza won't pick up off the pizza stone. I, oh, what no. what the fuck? So I, I kind of scrape around. I lift it up, and the entire bottom of the pizza is covered with white plastic that is <laughs> sticking to the fucking pizza stone, 
from the tool I was using to scrape the dough off that somehow got stuck to the bottom of my beautiful fucking pizza. <laughs> That's like leaving your surgical tools inside the patient. Oh, man. I was so fucking bummed. Because the whole rest of the pizza was beautiful, but the entire bottom crust almost was coated with fucking toxic plastic. <laughs> so it was basically, all right, anyway. yeah, throw fucking, no. I, I, I was able to eat like less than a quarter of it. Oh. It was just heartbreaking. Ju- Julie and I shared the little bit and I had to chuck the rest. Oh, man. Total you know, fucking a, disappointment. I had a food disappointment just today where... My uh, my kid wanted a hard boiled egg in his lunch, and and it wanted, and I went to crack the egg, and I realized that the egg that I would test cracked was actually a raw egg. <laughs> I've done that shit. That's brutal. Yeah, because the hard boiled eggs were in the box marked hard boiled <laughs> eggs. <laughs> Wife had pointed out to me not ten minutes earlier. <laughs> oh shit. Yeah, I'm yeah. stupid. Yeah, the world is is rife with food disappointments. I tell you. What about other shit? Here, here, here's a couple of classic disappointments. What about, I remember one of the, the great disappointments of my life was back when we were, I don't know, sophomore juniors in high school, and Metallica was coming to town to Medford with Ozzy mm, yeah. to play, and then Ozzy got, like, voice box problems, and they had to cancel that show. I had bought the ticket. I was ready to go. It was like a week before the show, and the show got canceled. Had to go get my money back. Oh, what a fucking bummer that was. Yeah, that's that's a disappointment. That like, well, like we talked about it before. When we went to see DRI and saw all seven opening bands, and the DRI couldn't play because the cops busted the oh, show. Oh, that sucks. And then there was a uh, one a fantastic death metal bill that was supposed to be coming to Seattle a couple years ago. Because I think it was a January show, and I bought my tickets. It was uh, Entombed, one of my favorite Swedish death metal bands, uh, Grave and Dismember. Like, just the three classic bands of old-school Swedish death metal. And that was another show that got canceled. The tour, they, they sent out an email, oh, yeah, the promoter fucked us. So sorry, we're not coming. And you know so, what's even worse, though? Had to get I my went, money back. I hate that. Uh, I went to see Doggy Style back when I really, really loved the band Doggy Style. Do and it, Doggy Style. Do yeah, it, Doggy Style. That's Do them. it, Doggy Style. Boop, and then, like, boop, the, the show started really late, which, whatever, that happens sometimes. And so, like, the, the opening bands did their thing after starting really late, and then, still, no Doggy Style. And then between the... You know, the, the final opening band, a Doggy Style, like a good hour passed. And then Doggy Style finally like took the stage because they were doing something else that was more important than performing. And they were total assholes. They're just like, they, you could tell they, they didn't give a shit. They didn't try. They did a quick little set. And they're like, yeah, fuck you. We're out of here. So disappointing. Like ever since that day, I just, I immediately stopped even enjoying their music. It was just so disappointing. <laughs> that is a bummer. Yeah, fuck you, doggy style. You wrecked me. You wrecked my afternoon. Well, you know that that happens. Like sometimes you'll meet a celebrity, and that's a disappointment. Wait, when have you met a? Never mind. You probably meet celebrities. I, well, I, I met I've met a number of like book authors, and you know some of them are cool and some are dicks. But uh, yeah, that, that's always a thing. I remember, and then uh, <clears throat> I don't think you were there. I think it was me and Bill. Um, we went and saw Iron Maiden in Sacramento. Were you there for that? No, no, I remember you telling me. Yeah, and we got backstage passes, and we and you know, at the time, I was, I grew up a huge Iron Maiden fan, 
and we get backstage, and Steve Harris was awesome. The two guitarists were awesome. Bruce Dickinson and Nico McBraden, the singer and the drummer, were absolute fucking assholes. <laughs> and I was able to get the whole band's signatures, but they both acted like you were totally wasting their time because you didn't have tits. You know, it was just kind of... Oh, you didn't. Yeah, no. But still, you know, you kind of, at that age, you're sort of kind of fan worship in a band, and then for them to act like dicks is a bit kind of a bummer. Yeah. Yeah, that's disappointing, man. You know, my most recent disappointment, then maybe we can move on after this, is I, I mentioned I am converting my massive CD library to... To Judaism? To Judaism. <laughs> <laughs> to Islam. No one converts other people to Judaism. <laughs> it's not an evangelical religion. <laughs> you know, see, like, some guy in a yarmulke on the street corner, hey, boy! Oh, Jesus, you're funny. No, I'm, I'm sticking them all on a, on a hard drive, and I'm going to be playing them through my stereo downstairs through, through the receiver using a, a Western Digital uh, WDTV, which is essentially a, a media server. And the, the thing is slick. It takes up almost no space. You put all your music on it via MP3 or FLAC, whatever, you know, lossy or lossless. It'll play anything. It's, it's absolutely kick-ass, and it's cheap. I mean, it costs less than the hard drive. I'm putting everything on. But the interface is retarded. It is so, so disappointing. You, I, I can't believe that the people that made this slick device, it's like they'd never seen a media player, like they'd never played music before. You want to sort your albums? Sort your albums alphabetically by the title of the album. Not by the band. <laughs> you want to sort it by the band? No, 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 no. Can't do it that way. You want to just like see all your albums like with their with their cover art? No, it doesn't do that. You can see all your singles sort of alphabetically with the cover art, but like the, the very most basic. This is how people organize music on their on their computer or iPod or whatever. No, that, it doesn't do that. <laughs> Fucking disappointing. Yeah, someone needs to be kicked in the nuts for that. You know that's that's a thing though, like music organization and kind of. I wanted to avoid, because I, I did some reading up, and when I decided to get a music player, I, I knew that ba iPod is basically locked into iTunes, and the Zune is basically locked into their own software, and, you know, if, if you don't want to really deal with either, and you want to be able to just drag and drop shit onto your player, then get something else. So I got a, 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 a creative zen so that I could do that, and I've been totally happy with it. So, because basically, you know, I download a podcast. There's a, a thing that I use to subscribe. It ports it to it easy as pie. I don't have to deal with it. If I want to download an album, I can save the album to a file and just drag the whole folder in. It's no problem. It's just yeah. Seen, it should be simple, right? It's seen as another hard drive on my computer. Well, Julie Zune, when I, I'm trying to set this up for, and it's a pain in the fucking ass because it won't recognize anything that you don't stick in the Zune folder. So basically, oh. you have to copy everything to one place, and sometimes I don't want to, because I had a bunch of music of my own, because it was on my computer. I had uh, my own music file, and then I set up like a Julie music file. And, yeah. I, you know, I don't want to have her shit in my thing. Anyway. <laughs> 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 kidding, kidding, honey. Anyway, so, but then I'm trying to drag albums from, like, my side of things onto the thing, and it won't recognize it. So it's a total pain in the ass, and, and I'm into kind of what I didn't want to do, why I avoided the iPod in the first place, so I don't know. That's a, that's a pain in the ass, just the whole, with DRM and and companies not wanting to allow you to do anything with the shit that you own. I find that supremely frustrating. 
Oh, it is. They, they still, they want to have it both ways. It's like, do I own this disc or do I own the rights to the, the music? You know, what is it? You can't have it both ways. Because, like, you just recently had a, an incident where you had a CD with data on it that got stepped on by a child and destroyed. You bought it, you should own that fucking data, right? They should be, you should just get a new right. one. No, yeah. it doesn't work that way. Well, because, you know, they, they, they want to, ultimately, they want to charge you to, you know, basically rental of it, you know, yeah. and even better if you can pay for it monthly. If you can pay a yeah, monthly fee for something. but if you tried to do anything with that data, like, use it in a way they don't approve of, oh, geez. You know. Right. Well, it's just like, and what happens when your Western Digital thing takes a shit on you and you have, you know, hundreds of hours of recorded music that you've spent time painstakingly putting on there. And then the hard drive dies, and you're fucked. Oh, it's a separate hard drive. But still, you yeah. Know. When the hard drive croaks, that that's a bummer. Yeah, there, there's always shit like that. But yeah, oh, but at least that, I have CDs. I've got an actual right backup. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> you talking about that disc. Yeah, I, I spent two weeks ago. I spent all weekend playing World of War, Call of Duty World at War, trying to build myself up because I, I need to finish the game so I can play the zombie levels by myself. <laughs> Because right, right now it's set, the way it's set, Gordon has bro- has cracked it. He can play the zombie levels whenever we want, and we can play with him if he wants to play and he's around. Which is and I'm a dick. Yeah, you're not a dick, but you have a life. <laughs> you're doing your own thing. Is. There may be times where I want to play that anyway. So I spend ha- all weekend doing half of this, and then I finally get a hold of Gordon. We play like a nice long session of the new zombie map, which is fucking awesome. Having a great time. It's so much fun. And then the next day I come in, I'm going to throw it in and try to play a few more levels, and the disc won't read. And the, the, the case had been laying on the floor in front of the Xbox, and I was just like, oh, no. And so I go and look at the disc, and there's like a hairline crack in the disc. And the fucked up thing is I bought it used through Amazon Marketplace, so I've got no warranty. I don't have yeah. shit. So, yeah, I had to order a new one. Hopefully it'll be here soon, but uh, totally disappointed that I, I haven't finished that game by now. Bummer. I'm disappointed in you. Actually, I'm not. I, this is like the farthest you got in a game in quite a while. So. <laughs> yeah, I finished Portal. <laughs> That's right. That's right. You did finish Portal. I knocked par- Portal right out. And I've played the shit out of Left 4 Dead, let's be honest. Yeah, but that game only has four levels. Come on. Yeah, but I've played the shit out of those four levels. <laughs> <laughs> As uh, many of our podcasting friends can attest. So, so is this transitioning now into the multimedia triage? Yeah, let's go to multimedia triage. Let's talk about some new stuff. This is uh, the segment where we talk about what we're listening to, reading, playing, watching this week. And uh, you got some new stuff that's so new that nobody else has seen it yet. I do, actually. I wanted to uh, do a quick review of Cat in the Brain from Grindhouse Releasing. Uh, one of the okay, and I, I, kids out there, this is not the Cat in the Hat. <laughs> No, it's definitely not The Cat in the Hat. Uh, Cat in the Brain is a film by Lucio Fulci, uh, Italian horror maestro, uh, who was the uh, director of such great films as Zombie 2 and The Beyond and The House by the Cemetery. Uh, great, great filmmaker of some very gruesome, uh, amazingly shot, uh, incredibly imaged films. And uh, this is a, a later film in his career that uh, he, I think it was like his third to last film. And it is kind of similar to uh, another film I haven't seen in a long ass time, Fellini's Eight and a Half. Are you familiar with that movie? 
No, I can't say that I am. Uh, Federico well, Fellini. Eight and a half sounds like a porn. <laughs> it does. Uh, Fr- Federico Fellini, uh, another Italian director, and uh, Eight and a Half was a film that he kind of did towards the near, nearing later on in his career, where he had done he had done Eight and a Half films, and he was having. Uh, trouble doing his his latest film and so it's kind of a movie about having writer's block and having difficulty with the creative process and so Fulci has done something kind of similar to this where he plays actually himself in the film as the director of a a very gory horror film and uh, he's having trouble with uh, he keeps hallucinating scenes from the films that he's created and other films that he's seen uh in his mind as he's going through and he starts to think he's going crazy and so he goes to a shrink and uh, then soon all these murders start happening around him real murders and so he doesn't really know what's real what's part of his imagination and all of these murders are done like the most graphically bloody gory red tempura paint as possible (laughs) kills he's definitely addressing critics who would say to him that um that, uh, you know, watching violence begets violence, that sort of theory. Which is a load of hooey. Right, and, and that's what he points to, that, that, you know, nothing could be more absurd, and yet the, the fact that psychiatrists would say this. Uh, and, and so the, the, that's kind of what the, the sets up the film. And the, the film, uh, like I said, this is, this is black diamond horror. So I wouldn't say if, if you've seen uh, one horror movie every once in a while, you thought Poltergeist was pretty good. I don't know that Cat in the Brain is for you, but if you have any interest in, like, you know, psychotronic cinema, midnight movies, like, the the gruesomer end of things, I wouldn't start here with Fulci, start with, like, a zombie 2, but Cat in the Brain, is it's a, it's a neat viewing if you're into that sort of thing. Uh, and this release is fucking fantastic. It's a double disc. It's got the most amazing lenticular cover you've ever seen with this cat that's leering through a, a bleeding skull. It's fucking awesome. Uh, open it's awesome. You know the word lenticular. Thank you. Uh, open it up. It's got a great big thick booklet with essays from uh, Fulci's daughter with uh, horror author David J. Shaw. And uh, also with Eli Roth, which uh, actually puts together a very well-reasoned piece in here. It's uh, kind of a nice read from him, and I'm not a big fan of his, but uh, I did enjoy the little essay. Uh, And it's a two-disc thing. It has a ton of uh, interviews, a ton of trailers for the movie, uh, a ton of interviews with Fulci. And he's just kind of a notoriously prickly guy in the interviews. It's a lot of fun to watch. And he, talk about a guy who's got a hard-on for Wes Craven. I guess, uh, and I haven't seen the movie in long enough, but I guess uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 7, he kind of considered, I think, a, a ripoff of Cat in the Brain because it kind of oh, also really? it also deals with uh, the making of like a Freddy movie and then murders happen around that and is it really Freddy or whatever. I haven't seen it in a long time and I don't remember a lot about it, so I need to revisit it. But, but yeah, he uh, there's one point where he's being interviewed and... Uh, Somebody asked him, so what was the purpose of uh, making Cat in the Brain? And he said, so Wes Craven could rip me off. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, he, he definitely. But uh, it's it's a, a fantastic package. The movie is good. The pack, the package is fantastic. So if you nice have package. Yeah, if you have any interest in full cheese work uh, and in uh, this sort of thing, uh, definitely pick it up. It's every bit as good as the releases for Pieces or the Beyond. Uh, great shit. And... Uh, 
Thanks to Grindhouse releasing for forwarding and copying because it's fucking amazing. So that's what I've got. What do you got in multimedia triage this week, dude? Dude, well, uh, you know, we, we both mentioned that we watched Monsters vs. Aliens. Good stuff. Yeah, it was a it's fun movie. Scary. It's no Pixar, but it was pretty I good. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I liked it. I laughed. There were a few particularly funny moments, but nothing that, like, made me spit coke out my nose. <laughs> uh, well, still, I'm, I'm a little, once again, I'm disappointed because uh, I'm really, really digging... Uh, Sarah Connor Chronicles Terminator and there's only two episodes left in this season ah. and what with Battlestar Galactica being over and now this is coming to an end I am not going to have any hot robot chicks to lust after on TV. <laughs> you're going to have to TiVo them so you have some nice uh, material, material for rubbing them out yeah. things out on you <laughs> Although, it, that, that's dangerous ground because I haven't quite clued into why but when it comes to Trish Helfer, yeah. that is completely acceptable for me to openly lust after her. But My what about Summer? Like, oh yeah. What about Summer Trish Glau? Great. No, absolutely not. Really, you can't uh, lust yeah, after yeah. Summer Glau. No, Summer Glau. She's thirty years old, and yet if I mention um, how freaking sweet she is, I'm accused of being a pedophile. <laughs> That's funny. Well, you know what? It's because Trish Helfer looks, you know, has similar. She's very tall, toned, blonde. She's very similar to your wife. So, you know, your wife can say, oh, well, he's basically lusting after me when he lusts after Trish Helfer. Okay, but yeah, Summer Glau is a different kettle of fish altogether. Yeah, so that's all. kind <laughs> of like cheating. You're a slut. Hey, don't call Summer a kettle of fish. <laughs> <laughs> what are you implying? <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's totally different. That That's probably it. It is. So, hey, uh, talking about multimedia disappointments, you know what disappoints me? People dicking with my Netflix queue. Who who could dick with your Netflix queue? Well, there's only two people in the house, and it wasn't me. So <laughs> so uh, I've been looking forward to I think I mentioned in the last episode, uh, I had been reading Let the Right One In, the, book, the Swedish yeah. book that is the vampire novel that was made into a film. And so I had it all set up, so Let the Right One In was going to come. Uh, and uh, I just finished the book. I was ready to see this vampire movie that, from everything I've heard, is just amazing. And uh, I get an email that morning that your Netflix order has shipped. Twilight is on its way. What? What the fuck? So I go in and I look, and sure enough, Julie had stuck Twilight in before let the right one in. So uh-huh. not only did she replace it with, you know, something else, but she replaced a good vampire movie with a piss poor vampire movie. That is too bad. I got the vampire bait and switch. It was fucking <laughs> brutal. She said she didn't mean to do it, so I'm giving mm-hmm. her the benefit of the doubt. But uh, so we ended up watching them on back to back nights. I fell asleep during Twilight after 20 minutes. It sucked. Uh, the, the the actress that plays the uh, main character in Twilight is so goddamn annoying. She, somebody asks her, hey, you want a sandwich? And she, like, looks pensive and thinks and her, uh, rolls her eyes. And it's just like, answer the fucking question. You want a sandwich or not? So I, I was annoyed by that movie after about ten minutes. Let the Right One In, on the other hand, was pretty fucking great filmmaking. It's a, a very kind of even-paced sort of a thing. It's not gruesome blood on the walls. If you're expecting, like, a 30 Days of Night, it's not that. That said... The closing set piece to the film is fucking fantastic. It's such a great scene. 
So that alone is worth the price of admission. I'd say if you like horror, check it out. All right. Right on. So we're moving on to filthy jokes now? Yeah, let's do some filthy jokes. Now, mine mine is not all that filthy, so should I go first if yours is yeah, actually filthy? Okay. Oh, and then uh, don't forget, uh, we have the winner of our Bone Bat Filthy Joke Contest as well. How could so, I forget? Yeah. <laughs> so this professor's teaching a physiology class, and he uh, asked the class, so uh, what part of the human anatomy expands to ten times its normal size during intense emotion or excitement? And he, this girl is kind of deer in the headlights look right in front of him. And he says, uh, can you answer the question? And the girl stammers, uh, I'd rather not answer that. So the professor turns to the class as a whole. And he uh, says, can anybody in the class tell me the answer to this question? And uh, the kid in the back raises his hand and says, yeah, actually, uh, the pupil of the eye expands to ten times its normal size during uh, emotion or excitement. Professor says, "Oh, that's absolutely correct." And he turns to the young lady in front of him and says, "Young lady, two things are obvious from your reaction. One, you have not studied this material, and two, sex is going to be very disappointing to you." <laughs> yeah, it was kind of cute. Yeah, it had a disappointment in it. Anyway. It did. It, it was thematically yeah, it correct, if not amusing. Okay, go. All right. So, so this this guy and this gal meet in a bar. Did it, they hit it off pretty well. They, they go back to his place, and, and they have sex. Afterwards, they're both laying on the bed, just kind of laying there on their back, staring at the ceiling. and uh, Waiting for it to ring, to call, to get them out of here? Right. And so <laughs> she reaches over and, and just rests her hand on his, on his balls. So, uh, yeah, all right. And she's just, like, just like needing them, like... like like a, I don't know, just like two nuts in a tube sock for the longest time. <laughs> After a while, the, the novelty's kind of wearing off. He goes, so, uh, that, that, that feels nice and all. And he's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, that does feel nice. He goes, but why are you doing that? I miss mine. <laughs> Oh, dear, I hate when that happens. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty rough. All right, dude, so uh, I would like to present, uh, interestingly enough, so we're talking about the Bone Bat Filthy Joke Contest, right? We've got a right. contest. The winner is going to receive a full archive DVD of uh, all of the Bone Bat shows to date, plus the ultra-rare Wombone Zero, which has never been released before the general public along with the original art on the label by Mr. Calkins. Yeah, oh, yeah. Hello. I got my ballpoint <laughs> pen out right now. <laughs> You've got your uh, bedazzler. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going to do something a little more extreme, like a Madonna made out of whale's blood and banana leaf. I, I, I just could see you, like, gluing macaroni to the, the disc. <laughs> macaroni <laughs> chicken on the disc. <laughs> Spray Damn painting straight. it gold. You're going to get the coolest fucking DVD, dude. Anyway, <laughs> so the winner is, uh, well, here he is. I'll let him tell you for him himself. What's up, guys? My name is Spot. I live in Atlanta. You may have heard me on Obscure 80s. And I'm going to launch right into it. You know what pisses me off? It took me this fucking long to download your podcast. I hear Stu D talking about it all the time. Ah, that really pisses me off. And, of course, the uh, first episode I hear is the dick one. So I'm going to give you my dick joke. What's better than roses on a piano? 
tulips on an organ. There you go. Yay! So the winner is Spot from Atlanta. Bravo! And he rolls in with the classic. So, so what's the story? What's how many, the story? How many contestants did we have in this? Uh, you know, interestingly enough, we had one. Spot was yeah. it. Spot was it. So, what do you make of it? I mean, I first of all, I, I'm astounded that given the number of listeners we now have. The, the small response we got, I even emailed some of the filthiest mouth people I know, like specifically that we had this thing going on. I'm talking to you, Tony. I'm talking to you, Katie, you bitch. I, 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 <laughs> Calling people I out by name. That's hard that's fucking right. car, dude. I sent this out to the Yakets. I went out to the TOTD list. Do you people know who you are? And we only get one guy sending us a filthy joke. What what do we make of that? That Steve? was it. I, you know what? I I come to the conclusion that that people are saying, you know what? We pay you to do the fucking jokes, funny boy. So do them yourself. Don't make us do your fucking work for you. That's increasingly what I think our listeners are saying to us. Oh well, you know what? I I can live with that. <laughs> I, I think that they're telling us, you know, do your own goddamn jokes. That's why we come to you. <laughs> Which is certainly fair, but, you know, if we roll out the jokes, that's and we can do that. We're glad to do it. But what we would do is ask you, throw a brother an iTunes review. Yeah, yeah that's right. Hook us Spray up. Spray paint. Uh, yeah, if you have our, it, if you like what you're hearing, yeah, by all means, tell your friends, uh, post an iTunes review, vote for us on Podcast Alley. Any of those things would be uh, an awesome way to let more people hear our filthy jokes. Which we will keep coming every every episode, so you I'm can definitely right count on that. But uh, yeah, so congratulations to the Spot from Atlanta. Spot, send me your address uh, to Steve at Bonehand.com so I can get you hooked up with the essentials. And uh, thanks to Stewie D and Jay Emmett from uh, Obscure Eighties Podcast for uh, talking us up. Uh, he they gave us a super nice shout out a couple episodes ago that I just I, I was like totally fucking remiss and behind on my obscure 80s listening. And I kind of felt like a dick when I finally got to it. So uh, thanks, guys. That was terribly sweet. I really appreciate it. And uh, I appreciate you talking us up and one of your listeners coming over here and winning our contest. That's awesome. Uh, so and thanks for listening, Spot. I hope you enjoy the DVD. So uh, the normal bullshit. Uh, Steve at Bonehand.com is our email address. Uh, you know what? I wanted to ask if there are things you like on the show, uh, things you don't like, uh, if there's a, a subject you'd like us to tackle, you know that we will uh, tackle anything. And so we're definitely anything. open to suggestions. If there's Quantum a co- physics, whatever, if there's a cool band, you know, of that you think would uh, be something that we would dig that we could talk up on the show, by all means, let me know. And uh, maybe we'll contact the band and uh, have them for as a future musical guest. You know, uh, feel free to get in touch with us. We'd love to hear it. Also, the Bonehand forums, or the Bone Bat forums, rather, at uh, bonehand.com slash forums. Uh, you can check us out there and chat with us a little bit. Uh, it's completely free of Russian spam, so it's a uh, <laughs> good home for you. I have new content on bonehand.com every Sunday. Yeah, what? It's my turn now? Your turn. You're done talking? I'm done talking. Yeah, mightywombat.com. New cartoon every week, except maybe this week, because I haven't like done a cartoon yet uh, <laughs> that's always Davis funny you, that always happens on podcast weeks on the weeks where we play video games on Tuesday instead of doing this you, you're like without fail I'm fucking your shit up aren't I with this you show you are this podcast totally it like it totally taps my creative vein I got nothing left to put on paper 
Well, that's me. I've been tapping your veins since 1982. So. Ooh, maybe <laughs> <laughs> and we got DavisLifeMagazine.com for my monthly column. Fuck and uh, what? That's what else do you need? What else do you people that's want it? out of me? So thanks what? again to uh, Jim Hofer and Mustard Plug for uh, letting us play your music. Buy some Mustard Plug at mustardplug.com. Check out their music. They're fucking great. Word. All and, right. Uh, let's uh, kick back uh, on the outro with a little bit more Mr. Smiley. Uh, this is Mr. Steve. Smiley. This is Gordon. What's happened to you? And this is Steve. Have a good one. Bye. actually embarrassed i said that embarrassed you said what <laughs> i don't know i'm kind of turning red really yeah you didn't even say anything that embarrassing i didn't think